What a great day to be in worship, amen? amen. Yeah, what a privilege it is for uh, uh, us to come together today in worship. Um, it's a privilege for me to come before you and, and share with you this morning the Holy Scriptures and uh, later in our worship service, uh, the communion, uh, the sacrament of Holy Communion. Uh, the Old and New Testaments are our guide. They are our roadmap for life. They are where we are to go. This morning we're going to look in uh, this reading at just three short verses, uh, things that set the table uh, for where it is we're supposed to go, and then Pastor Keith will share with you some more scriptures uh, in a couple of moments. Let's look first to the Gospel, uh, John uh, 13. This is a, a story that, uh, a command that Jesus is giving to us during uh, his time uh, at the last summer. Uh, John 13, verses 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so must you love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And words that come to us from the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, from the 30th chapter, the 21st verse, hear these words and interpret them in your heart and, and see how they knit themselves together with where your pastors have been taking you over these last four or five weeks. Whether you turn to the left or to the right, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Let us pray. O oh Lord God, thousands of years ago, you penned these words by the power of your Holy Spirit, driving through men's hearts right onto a page. This morning, Lord, before this congregation grew, we, we knew, and as it says in the Psalms, there's nowhere we can go. We can't go there, we can't go here uh, without you knowing where we're there, where we are and being there before us. And so, Lord, you knew that this day would happen, that this exact group of people would be gathered here. So you penned the words by the presence of your Holy Spirit to come into Keith's hearts, to put themselves on a sheet of paper and to be projected into this congregation. And so we ask, Lord, your strength upon him, that you might wrap him with your arms of power and boldness, that you might speak through him this day, Lord, the words that, not that he or I would like this congregation to hear, but the ones that you demand that they hear. And let him not speak, Lord, with the spirit of apology, but with the spirit that comes from your very heart of strength and wisdom. In your name we ask you in power. Your son, your servant, our pastor Keith. Thank you, Jesus, in advance. Amen. Good morning. It's good to be with you today. We're going to wrap up this road trip uh, sermon series today, and uh, I'm pretty excited about. It. We got a road trip coming up. We're going to summer games today. Some of us are going. Some are already there. About a hundred people from this church gathered there, getting ready to start camp. It's going to be a great time, and we're, we're fired up about it. We, we started this sermon series about a month ago talking about how life is like a road trip, how our faith is like a road trip, and how life in the church is like a road trip. And if you remember, we, we talked about how we're always headed somewhere, that we all have a destination, uh, and that how God will guide us. The second week, we talked about how, how God guides us. He guides us outwardly. He guides us inwardly. And He also guides us through ways that we're not even aware of by His grace. 
And, and then Pastor Mike talked about the fact that when you take a road trip, you have to know where you're going to go and which way and, and have a destination. And then, of course, last week, Pastor Mike talked about how it's important to wear the right clothes for your road trip, to have the right stuff. Well, t- today, I want to I wrap up this with what I'm going to call the rules of the road for, for two things. Remember we talked about the first week, we want to, the goal of any good road trip, right, is to do two things, to have a good time and to make good time, right? We want to go someplace, and I wonder how many of you have been on road trips where, where clearly, you know, you've experienced that. I, I took a really interesting road trip the other day. It was kind of cool. I, I, I told you before a couple weeks ago, I got this, this new motorcycle, and, and one, of the, one of the limitations I have on this new bike is it has a really small gas tank. And some of us from the church are getting ready to go on a ride in, in a couple weeks. By the way, that's a shameless plug for the ride if, if you have a motorcycle and you want to go. And by the way, that is required. You have to have a motorcycle. Um, if you want to go on the trip, we're, we're going July 21st and 22nd. Come talk to me if you want to go. It's going to be a great time. But one of the things I'm a little self-conscious of, you know, maybe it's short man disease or whatever, but I have a really small gas tank on this bike. So I'm worried that I won't be able to keep up with the, with the, with the other riders, right? I'll have to stop all the time to get gas because my, my tank is really, really small. So here's what I did the other day. I, I got on the motorcycle and I said, I need to find out how far I can go on one tank of gas. So I, I strapped a little gas can on the back of the bike and I just took off until I ran out. But there's no better way, right? Because I've run out in town before. Okay, which is not nearly as much fun. I'll tell you about that in a second. But you get better mileage on the highway. So I thought, I'm just going to ride and just until I run out, and then I'll, I'll go. And I made it 100 miles, you guys. That's pretty good on, on this little, little tank I've got. But see, because I don't want a repeat of what happened to me on my daughter's last day of school at Linmar. Okay? Now, my daughter was finishing her freshman year this year at Linmar High School, you know, and, and I just got this, this new motorcycle. She said, Dad, pick me up from school on the last day. You know, that'd be cool. It'd be so awesome. My friends would think that was so cool to be picked up on this, on this new Harley-Davidson motorcycle. So I'm like, all right. So I, I rolled up. My plan was this, okay? Here was my little road trip plan. I'll pick up Devin, and then we'll go get gas. <laughs> because what they referred to as the idiot light had come on, like two days earlier. So in hindsight, I can tell you that I should have picked up the gas first before I picked up Devin because as I sputtered into the high school parking lot, <laughs> my daughter was not too pleased with that situation. She comes walking out and there's dad pushing his bike. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> she, she walked out and was like... <laughs> it, it only got better because then we had to push it to the side and wait for my wife to pull up in the Prius. And get, <laughs> And get out with the gas can. Now, I say all that to say this. You know, when I got on the other day and had the spare can of gas, I had a great time because I had no fear. You see, you have to have rules for your road trip, right? And rule number one was have a good time for this trip. I wasn't nearly as worried about it. But there's nothing that can spoil a good road trip than than when people in the back of the car don't get along. Is that true or what? Have you ever found yourself saying things like this? If you don't stop, I'm going to pull this car over. Right? I will stop this car. I find myself saying that. I sound just like my dad. You know? I'm like, when did that happen? So I've got some rules for this road trip. And Pastor Mike read this scripture that I thought was, was pretty, pretty awesome. And the first rule of the road is this. We're going to live out the one another's. Now, in this scripture that Pastor Mike read, it comes from the book of, of John. And 
it's not up there. But the, the Gospel of John says this, basically. I think I can find it here. I'm running this myself today here. Better it isn't. Okay. It's a mystery. It always is. Okay. The one another's. The first one another is, is basically this. Be at peace with each other. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rifle through about 20 of these things super fast. But Jesus told his disciples, he told them this. He said that the world is going to know that you are my disciples if you love one another. As a matter of fact, he said it's a new command that I give to you. By this, everyone you will know my, that you are my disciples if you love one another. Because Jesus' disciples spent a lot of time bickering, didn't they? They spent a lot of time arguing. They spent a lot of time trying to figure out who was the greatest, who wasn't the greatest. And Jesus said basically this, Hey, you guys better knock it off or I'm going to pull this thing to the side of the road. Well, then later on in the New Testament, we get into these, these scriptures called the one another's, and there's a ton of them here. And I'm just going to rifle through. I know you won't be able to read all of them, but I'm just showing you there so you believe me and didn't think I made it up. All right? First one is this, Mark chapter 9. Be at peace with each other. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love from the book of Romans. Honor one another above yourselves from Romans. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you also from Romans. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. This is one we're not going to do at summer games, by the way. But we're thinking next week here in church, you know, that's in the Bible, right? So during the greeting time, we want to see some kissing happen in here. Are we, are we up for that? Right? No? You're like, Keith, that's a, that, that's a cultural thing, right? Please tell me so. Okay, greet one another with a holy kiss. I think the idea is this, be happy to see each other, right? When you greet each other in church. So this is it. Next week when I come back and we see you guys in the greeting time, if I see anybody doing this, oh, hey, how you doing? Hey, no, no, man. Be excited, right? And if we'll do a little kiss patrol. If someone's not really into it, we'll go. We'll, somebody else can go give them a kiss. That'll that'll cheer them up, right? We're gonna grow this church, Pastor Mike. It's gonna be awesome. Vic, Vicky's like, keep this out of the eight thirty service. You guys want to do that at the contemporary one? You feel free, but not in this one. Okay, I like this one. Have equal concern for each other. First Corinthians. Serve one another. Galatians five thirteen. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another in love, from Ephesians chapter 4. Also from Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to one another. And then also, forgiving one another. That's very important. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That comes to us from Ephesians. A lot of these from Ephesians. And then also, uh, in humility, consider yourselves, consider others better than yourselves. You guys remember that from Philippians, right? Bear with one another. That's a big one. We have to do that. Forgive one another whatever grievances you may have against one another from Colossians. Teach one another also from Colossians 3 and then also from Colossians 3 verse 16. Admonish one another. Thessalonians 4. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Confess your sins to each other, James 5.16. And also pray for each other. <clears throat> I like this one from Peter. He also says, live in harmony with one another. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others from 1 Peter. And then finally, 
as Mike talked about last week, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. So you see all these one another verses. Now I just fired out a lot, but I think you can get the point, right? The point is this. Be nice. Be nice. You know, I served a, a little church in Burlington for a couple years, and, and when I got down there, it was, it was about 30 people, and this church had gone through some ups and some downs. They had, they had you know, some people leave, and they had just, a, just what was left was a small core of people who were pretty, pretty committed to the church. And, you know, looking at this church, and they said, we want to grow, Pastor Keith, help us to grow. And I said, well, we're, we're not going to be like this rock and cool church with all this great stuff, and we didn't have a lot of resources. So we said, look, here's what we can do. We can follow the Bible and, and study it, and we can be nice to each other. And you know what? We all kind of said, hey, we, that's enough, right? We can do that. And so we began just to live out these one another's. And we didn't get caught up in trying to be something that we weren't. We just tried to just accept who we were and love one another the best that we could. And man, I tell you what, that church had such a sweet spirit to it, and it really began to grow. I find a lot of times that, you know, when Jesus talks to us, he's, he's, he spends a lot of time talking about the one another's because what he's trying to say is this. Look, the world is going to see what it's like to be on the road trip of faith by how you all treat each other. So be nice. It's not enough just to, to, you know, know the right thing and, and sing the right songs and, and, you know, be generous with your money or, 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 you know, volunteer. You have to have love in your heart for one another. Notice Jesus didn't say, this is just an idea I have or a, a, a suggestion for you. He said, this is a new command that I give to you. This is a command. Love one another. He didn't say that you always had to like each other. But he did say that you have to love one another. Because the Lord knows that there are going to be times when, when you're going to have arguments and frustrations and disagreements or whatever. But what Jesus is saying, look, in all of that, the world needs to see that you love one another. Because nothing can mess up a road trip faster than, than, than people bickering in a car. Nothing can mess up a church faster than people bickering about stuff too. And there's probably been times in Pastor Mike's life, not in this church, I'm sure, where he's wanted to, to look in the rearview mirror and say, hey, you guys better stop it back there. We're going to stop this thing, right? You see, in the church, we above all need to be looking toward one another and say, how can we love each other? How can we serve each other? This is, this is rule number one for the road. You want to have a good time on your trip? Get along. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. Serve each other. Take care of each other. That is the message of the gospel when it comes to how we relate to one another. Well, the second rule for the road is this, that if you want to go on the, on the you make, want to make good time, you've got to follow the map, right? You've got to follow the map. And then in Isaiah, we see this verse written to the Israelites, and Isaiah says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now here's the bottom line. You don't make good time if you don't stay on course. Is that right? Now, this particular text was written to a, a group of people, the Israelites, who took 40 years to walk an 11-day journey. If you were to, to walk out of Egypt and head straight for the Promised Land on the other side of the Red Sea, if you took a straight line and walked it, you could make it in 11 days. It took the Israelites 40 years. Anybody know why? Because they didn't follow the map. Did you know that? They didn't follow the map. 
God said, look, I'm going to give you specific instructions. I'm going to give you the, the Ten Commandments, which is basically a lot about one another's, right? I'm going to give you the law. I'm going to give you guidance. I'm going to give you my words, and, and I'm going to show you where to go. He even said, I'll give you a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of smoke by day. Follow it. Follow the map. Follow me. But what did they do? Oh, we like this way better. Or we like this guy better. Yeah, we know, Jehovah God, that you delivered us from Egypt and from Pharaoh's mighty hand, but we kind of like this golden cow instead. Over and over, the Old Testament is, is essentially the history of the people of Israel of how they didn't follow the map, didn't follow the guide. So you have all these prophets saying, hey, come back on course. Get it right. It's hard, isn't it? But you got to follow the map if you want to make good time. Yeah, yesterday, I found myself in a, a pretty precarious situation. I was going to Des Moines in the morning to pick up a, um, one of my friend's daughters who's going to come to summer games with us. And we were supposed to meet at this particular location. And would you believe it, with two uh, smartphones and a GPS, we still got lost. Because apparently the computers haven't got it all figured out. Now, I've, I've shown this to you before, but I got my handy-dandy smartphone here, my, my iPhone. And apparently the Village Inn on the 86th Street exit in Des Moines off Interstate 80 doesn't exist. But the one uh, that's now a pet store for the last 10 years in university, that's still there. So we're all trying to figure out where we're going here. And you know, I've showed you before how you can talk to this thing and it talks back, right? It's called Siri, and, and you can say, hey, Siri, help me find the village in this and that. Well, I was getting a little frustrated with Siri yesterday because she was sending me all over, all over Des Moines, not sure where to go, and I, I'm having this moment with her in the car. Well, she talked back to me yesterday. Did you know that on, on this thing, you can, you can tell Siri how you would like to be addressed, right? <clears throat> so she knows your name. She can talk to you. Well, it only works until your 12-year-old son gets a hold of it and changes it because... <laughs> See, I, I had Siri trained to call me Special Agent Keith. I kind of like that, right? So when I talked to Siri, I'd say, Siri, give me directions to Village Inn. Okay, Special Agent Keith. Well, yesterday I was getting frustrated. I was yelling, I'm Siri, you don't know anything. You don't know where you're going. And she'd say, I'm sorry, annoying. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> yeah. My, my wife and, and, and daughter thought that was the funniest thing ever changed it to call me annoying. Yeah. I'm almost tempted to buy him a smartphone. <laughs> that was gone. Okay. Not anymore. You see, you got to stay on course. You got to follow the map. God's given us the map. Remember this from the week one? He's given us the, the map of the scriptures. He's given us the map of the Holy Spirit. He's given us directions for where we are to go. And you won't stay on course, you won't make good time if you don't follow the map that God has laid out. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Are you paying attention to where God is leading you? Are you even asking the question? Or are you on your own trip trying to get God to help you out? You see, there's a big difference from saying, God, which way would you like me to go? And saying, God, this is where I'm going. Can you help me out? Big difference, isn't there? And I'm amazed at, at how often in my own life even I find myself telling God my plan and asking him to come alongside me and bless it versus saying, God, what's the plan? Where are we going? God doesn't need you or me to plan our own lives out. Did you know that? God's got a plan for us. Our problem is we don't like to stick to it. We don't like to stick to the map because it's hard, isn't it? 
It's hard to stay on the narrow road. It's hard to stay on track. Sometimes you find yourself in places where the road is difficult and you'd rather go your own way or you can't see what's around the next corner and you could be tempted just to say, okay, hold on, pull this thing over, let's figure this out. Recalculating, 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 right? That's never a good thing. I learned this lesson uh, many years ago. You know, I, I had grown up with, with my own plan for my, for my life. And when I was about 19 or 20 years old, I remember sitting in a church and, and the preacher challenging us with this exact message I'm giving you now about doing your thing versus doing God's thing. And I remember how, how tough that was because I had my own plan and track set up and thought that because I loved Jesus and tried to be a good person, that whatever I wanted to do, God was going to be okay with and God was going to make me successful. You know what that's like, don't you? Where, where you think, if I'm just a good person and love Jesus and do what I'm supposed to do, then anything I want in life, God's supposed to give it to me and make it happen, right? Well, I, I, I prayed this prayer that night and said, God, if, if, if my life is something different than what I have planned for it according to your plan, then, then God, just make that happen. I, I give it to you today. And it's really tough, isn't it? I remember feeling like, is God going to call my bluff on this? Because I had my own plan. I was in Philadelphia ch- chasing the dream of playing music professionally. I was in a band that had a CD coming out. Back at, that was back when we had CDs, kids. Um, and, and it, it, you know, things were looking, were looking pretty exciting. And I was excited and fired up. And I was, I was ready to just take the world over, right? You know, as most 19, 20-year-old kids are, right? Well, well, God at that moment spoke to me and said, I've got a different plan for you. And I had to lay that at God's feet and say, okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. And, and it wasn't long after that that I got invited to, to uh, go into the ministry in a, at a Methodist church in Davenport where we stayed for 13 years and saw God do amazing things. And in the midst of that, you know, God blessed me in so many ways with my family and, and just, just following him. But it never would have happened if, if, if I wasn't willing to give up that control. But you know what I've discovered? I discovered that's not a one-time event in my life where I just, at that point, did that. It's something that I realized I have to do it consistently and constantly and daily. Say, God, what's your plan? God, which way should I go? God, show me the map. God, give me the strength to walk in it. God, don't let me try to get you on my trip. Get me on yours. I think we need to do that both as individuals and as a church. And that's what we're going through with this Healthy Church Initiative stuff and the day of visioning and all that. We're not coming to God saying, God, here's our plan, bless it. We're coming to God saying, God, what is your plan for us? And help us get on track with it. Big difference. Rule number two, follow the map. Follow the guide if you want to make good time. Rule number three, Slow and steady wins the race. There's a a text from the book of Hebrews that tells us that we need to hang in there. And basically what it says is this, written to a group of people who were really struggling in their faith with people falling away. See, the early church was not a fun place to hang out. They didn't have potlucks and pie races outside. They had secret meetings. And they had to give up everything they owned to help each other just stay alive. And, and the writer of Hebrews says to these people, he says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, 
the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You see, you can't make good time if you quit. You can't get to where you're supposed to go if when it gets difficult, you just stop. And I'm telling you that if we took all the people that have walked into the church in the last three years and we piled them into one room, we wouldn't be able to contain it. See, I realize I'm preaching this to the choir because you're all still here, right? How many have come and gone because at some point in time they just said, this is just too tough, I just can't do it. Or it's too inconvenient, or it messes with my schedule, or it's, it's, it's a nice day, or it's not a nice day, or whatever excuses we have to get off the trip. But many of us do that. And, and the scripture is saying, look, if you want to make good time, you've got to keep moving. You don't always have to go at, at full speed, but you've got to keep going. You can't quit. You can't stop. You got to keep going. So I'm asking you, do you have the fight in you to keep going? You know, Jesus said you had to persevere till the end. So let him be your example. Let him be your guide. You know, because Jesus never quit, did he? But here's what's interesting about Jesus. He had times in his ministry where he was weary He had times in his ministry where he had to go to the Father and say, Father, is there another way? This way is really hard. But nevertheless, I'm sticking to the map. But he also had a time in his life where he couldn't do it alone. Did you know that? And I think this is where we go back to the one another's. You see, some of us here today are going on this road trip of life, and we say, man, this is, this is hard. I don't want to quit, but I can't go on anymore. I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm burdened down, and I need help. That's why the one another's come back. We're to carry each other's burdens. Even Jesus needed that. Because as Jesus headed toward Golgotha with the cross beam on his back, even Jesus had a moment in his life where he couldn't carry it alone either. And as he stumbled to the ground and the cross fell, There was a man named Simon of Cyrene whom the Roman soldier took his sword and said, you help him. Now, does that not blow your mind? The creator of the universe, through him all things were made that were made, can't carry a piece of wood? You see, here's the deal. I believe with all my heart that Jesus could have have mustered his divine nature and, and, and levitated that cross. But the fact is this. He didn't, and he didn't for a reason. And the reason was this, because he needed to know what it was like to not be able to, so that he could relate to you and I, so that he could carry our burdens. See, he needed to know what it was like to carry a burden so heavy that he couldn't do it alone, because he knows that you and I go through the same thing. And he humbled himself and allowed another to help him carry his burden. You and I must do the same for those around us who are trying to make good time and have a good time, but are just falling short and getting off track. Sometimes we get off track. We need to course correct. We need others to help us. We need somebody to bring us back on. Jesus is always here to do that. The church is always here to do that. But we have to be willing to do that for one another, and we have to be willing to not stop. 
Because the promise is that we're going to make it there someday. As hard as it might be, as difficult as it is, we know we're going to make it there. So let's go, right? What's our destination? Is it Wally World? I don't know. Truth of the matter is this. It's wherever Jesus wants it to be. And I believe with all my heart that the place where Jesus has for us to go is greater than anything we could possibly ever imagine. So are you coming? Are you ready to go? If you are, then I invite you this morning as we take communion to renew that in your heart, to come before the Lord today and say, Jesus, I I, want to be on your trip. So Lord, help me get on track. Help me to have a good time and make good time. Lord, if the road that I'm on isn't your road, Lord, then help me get back on track and help me help others. And if we do that, we know he's going to guide us. And you know what else might happen too? If we love one another the way he told us to, we just might pick up a few others on the way. Because in God's trip, there's always room for more. So may that be true of us as well. May we have room for more. So let's go.